Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought episode 276, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, and I'm joined as usual by the Duck Kirk Balls. Duck, a big weekend in Big D, corny dogs, adult beverages. Floyd's Catfish, and a 49-0 whitewashing of the Oklahoma Sooners. The Texas Longhorns, that is the biggest win of the Sarkeesian era. And you wrote in your column that it's a signal of things to come. They play play Iowa State at home 11 a.m. Saturday. Duck, is this just a mere bump in the road to Texas's ascension up the national ranks since you're on the bandwagon, sir? Why why'd you leave out turkey leg? I don't get it. You want me to tell that? I'm, I'm, all right, really quick, before we get into football. This sucks. Okay. This really happened to me. So Kirk and I, we we you know, well, you know how we do it after each Red River thing. We finished our our columns, ventured down onto the state fair concourse. I got some catfish. I got a corn dog. Duck stood in line for me for the corn dog. That line was long. That yeah, so was wrong. Two duck, and I slid him some coupons. <laughs> and so, uh, after we ate, I went over to the turkey leg hut because Bev and I love those stay fur turkey legs. And I bought two turkey legs for twenty bucks each in coupons. Twenty coupons, wow! Yeah, with coupon, twenty bucks each. And so I stuck them both in my bag, mm-hmm. but I left one of the section of the bag slightly ajar. And when we why did you do that? Because those turkey legs are so big. Yeah, they are big. So I couldn't zip it up. And so we get to the car, and I noticed that one of the turkey legs is missing. So I took that. And, of course, Kirk goes, you dropped the turkey leg? I go, you go, I think that was Bev's turkey leg you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, hey, I gave it I gave it to Bev. And, yeah, the marriage is going was- strong. I, I, I can't get divorced over a turkey leg, though. I don't think so. That was your turnover, only turnover of the day for you, right? So Quinn just had one, two. That was as perfect a Texas OU game as I could ever imagine. And, you know, I tried to ask Sark afterward, like, is this even better than you imagined? And he doesn't really bite on that. He never but, gives us gold. He doesn't give you, us gold copy. No, but and you know, Sid, he didn't go to the Cotton Bowl on Saturday thinking, you know, I think we may put up half a hundred on them and shut them out. There's no way he thought they could they could be that good. Now we all thought they'd win. We all picked them to win. But we all had we both had them by double digits. We yeah, I had them eight. Thirty-eight, you had 38, 20, and I had twenty-one. 
I have 41-27. So, yeah. I think we both felt very confident, especially after watching that Oklahoma TCU game and Texas-West Virginia. But truly, that may be the worst Oklahoma team I've ever seen because they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't score. They didn't trust their backup quarterbacks to throw a pass. I mean, they tried five guys taking snaps, but that was just strange. And, boy, it's got to be tough being an Oklahoma fan this week, being 0-3 in the league. 0-3 in the league for the first time ever. Yeah. A new coach in Brent Venables, who's a who's who was royalty. Yeah. Came he back was family. his job. And now they now 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 they want to send him send him out uh behind the barn on the schooner sooner. There's a sooner schooner, whatever you call it. And so it's a horrible offense that's missed that was missing Dylan Gabriel, its quarterback, after a concussion. So that kind of helped Texas. But I, even if Dylan right. Gabriel was playing, man, I they just looked like they had no punch at all, none whatsoever. No, they didn't, and they played with no confidence. I mean, and just to be fair, Texas, you know, played three games, three in, games in three quarters with a backup quarterback, yeah, and they won two of them. You know, lost to Texas Tech when Bijan fumbled in overtime, lost to Alabama after having the lead with like a minute 20 to go. And so, you know, Texas can't feel sorry for Oklahoma. But, I mean, if they're not the worst team in the league, who would it be? Would it be Iowa State? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Iowa State also 0-3 in conference. Iowa State in the last three games, Kurt, they scored – on They scored – they've scored 44 points in their last three games. <laughs> Ooh, that is that is, a, that is an icy 13.7 points a game. That's yeah, that icy. won't get it done. That's not that going to get it done. Now, they're only uh, they're only allowing about 13 a game. Yeah, I mean, so they got the I, best defense in the they league. They have a really good defense, but we both know that today's game is largely offensive, and you're not going to be able to, to, to average 13 points a game and think you're going to win in the Big 12. And so yeah. – uh, 10-9 last week to K-State. The week before, they lost 14-11 to Kansas. So, and uh, in that game, to be fair, Doug, they missed three field goals in that game. Right. Oh, yeah. Watch some of that. So, they probably should have won that one. Should have won. Should have won. Matt, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Matt Campbell stayed too late. He stayed too long at the fair, mm-hmm. waiting yeah. on big jobs to open up, and now he's stuck. Now he's stuck in Ames uh, yeah. with a bad team, and and his uh, the you know, I know it's a it's a cliche, but the bloom is off that rose, and yeah, it is. And he probably could have taken a, a a job in a power another power five job instead of waiting on on Michigan or Penn State or or wherever he wanted to go, but he's stuck now and. And yeah. he's got to now. He's got to not only he's got to try to turn this thing around. He's got to save his job, Kirk. Well, I don't think it's that far. I mean, they'd be fools to fire him. Uh, how well he's a, but he definitely dropped the ball or the let's, turkey uh, language. Well, no, language you can understand. Let's let's just say that Matt Campbell go finishes last in the Big Twelve. You're telling me that they're they're just going to go. Oh, that's okay, Matt. That's okay. Yeah, he's, they're trying to okay, he has he, beaten, He's beaten some big dogs in his day, but but it seems like every time it's time for the Cyclones to make some noise. Last year, for instance, Duck, when 
Most people had them uh, in Oklahoma 1-2 in conference, and they didn't, they didn't make it to the Big 12 title game. Now, OU didn't either, but, but we should say that OU has skins on the wall, and Iowa State does not. Well, they've beaten Texas several times, as you know, including who last hasn't? year. Who hasn't? Whoa, that's too soon, man. No, no, on, I'm why you telling you who hasn't of like? Oh, oh I know. You, you name a team in this conference that hasn't beaten Texas of late. But yeah. that that keeps a lot of people safe in their jobs when you beat Texas, you know. So you're right; it's well, not exactly. Beaten, yeah, but they've beaten what they've beaten the idea of Texas. Yeah, that's going five and seven. Yeah, uh, I mean that's fine. You beat you beat them thirty to seven, but. That was a wounded group that was that was in free fall when you beat them. So it I, just it just seems like Iowa State does does better as an underdog when they're either a favorite or a contender, like they've been the last couple of years before this year. They don't do as well. Their the expectations go up. I don't know if their players kind of change and you know get a little cocky, full of themselves or what, but they always seem to be better. As the underdog, there's no way they're going to fire Matt Campbell if he loses every one of his last games because you're not going to get a better coach than than Matt Campbell. He's still a good coach, but you know he was he was looking for Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State. One of those, Uh, none of them came open. Well, Notre Dame did, but they promoted Marcus Freeman. So I just wonder if there's a little something lacking a little bit in Matt Campbell. The fact that he coaches better as an underdog in a favor. You get a one of those blue blood jobs, you're gonna be favored in most games. So and if you can't, you know, operate with that kind of position, you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, and you know, sad to say it just it, it, you know, it, it hasn't it hasn't happened for them in the last couple of seasons. And yeah, I, I really thought uh three years ago. I was like, man, they're going to have to really work to keep Matt Campbell in Ames because yeah. he's a star on the rise, and he just seemed like he had he had some juice about him, and he still represents that program really well. He's st- he's still great on the mic when we when we speak with him, but he's got his hands full. He lost Brees Hall, he yeah. lost Brock Purdy, and you know the you're playing. Yeah, you don't replace those guys. Overnight, and so uh, the problem you have with some of these teams that are in Power Fives, like an Iowa State or a Vanderbilt or even a Missouri, um, when you lose your best players, you don't reload. It takes a while to get that back because it's hard to get stars to get those kind of stars. You develop them into Mm -hmm. stars, but once they leave. Uh, it's hard to say if you've got another guy uh, that's developed already. If that guy's already developed, that guy should be playing. So they don't have, they're not bringing a guy in off the bench that's going to give them what Brees Hall gave them. And what was Brees Hall's famous quote after beating Texas? It was a five-star culture beats five-star players. That's exactly like right. That. That's exactly and, what he said. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, Brees Hall – played like a five-star player. I don't know what he was coming out of high school, but he was a five-star player. And Man. Charlie Kolar, you know, the same way. And Will McDonald on this defense, you know, he's already got, I think, three or four sacks. And he kind of, you know, is the focus of that defense. And, and they're first in the conference in defense. I, I think, uh, you know, even though they're last in offense, I mean, they're first in rushing defense, 91 yards a game. So 
you know, yards may be hard to come by for, for Bijan, but that's when you got Quinn Ewers and this dynamic passing game loosen them up. I don't, I don't know how you go about formulating a game plan to stop uh, Texas because they've got so many weapons on offense now, and they get Jaleel Billingsley back. Uh, Jai Hall, Tariq Milton, we haven't seen much from either one of them, but oh. Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jadavian Sanders, they're exploding, and we know how deep their backfield is. So they're pretty stacked offensively, don't you think? I do, and, and, and you know, I, I wrote this in uh, today's paper. I just, I'm just so impressed with the defense, and it, 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 it boggles my mind that they're as good as they are after last, after last season giving up. <laughs> So many points, 31 a game, so many yards, 425 in games, 6.1 yeah. yards a play last season. Um, we asked, ranked 100th. Uh, yeah, ranked 100th, not our 34th. We asked Steve Sarkeesian about that defense, and here's what he had to say. Well, I think, like anything, you know, I have a saying I use, I have it written on my wall in my office. You know, I think trust equals time plus consistency. And I think as coaches, one, um, we have to be consistent with our message. We have to be consistent with our style of play and what we're asking of them. We have to be consistent with our fundamentals, our techniques, our schemes. If we're consistent there through time, the players will continue to develop trust in what we're teaching them and why we're teaching it to them. Um, and then we have to celebrate the small victories. You know, if we're, if we're teaching a certain fundamental or technique at three technique and um, Sometimes that play doesn't, doesn't bear itself out to where you can celebrate the technique that the man's playing with, that's the proper one. We still have to celebrate it so that he understands he's doing it right over and over and over again. And then when the moment comes that that technique is really important because of the play that's coming his way, man, now, now he really sees the value in it. So I think there's a level of consistency from the coaches. I think, two, ultimately it's, it's complete buy-in from the players to what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, I think three, um, I think we're playing hard. You know, I really think our effort is, is, is as high as it's ever been. You know, we're getting to the football. You see 11 guys flying to the ball. It's great effort. Uh, we tackle well. Um, and I think schematically we're doing things from week to week that are beneficial to our success, you know, and whether that's um, the players buying into the plan, whether that's the coaches putting, putting the plan together, whether that's the coaches tapping into to Coach Patterson and some of his expertise, I think it's all of that. You know, it's all of that coming together um, that ultimately, you know, leads to success. And majority of us, man, when we have some success at something, generally we want more of it. Um, but if you want more of something, you have to pay the price. You have to be willing to do the work to get more success, and I, I think we're getting that. They're having fun, Duck. Yeah, That's they are. Out. And and you see the defense laughing and slapping backs and, and swarming, competing for plays. What was it? Yeah. A. Barron told us, he's like, look at Deshaun Jamison, and he was like, why are you trying to keep up with me? Let, let me get some shine. Because he gets a pick, Deshaun gets a pick. So – Though that kind of that kind of effort and that kind of performance is contagious, Kirk. And when you when you have that kind of uh, enthusiasm uh, on that side of the ball after what they went through last season, you can't help but be happy for them because these guys these guys have gone through the ringer, and now all of a sudden yeah. they're getting stops, they're making plays, eight sacks in the last three games, yeah. uh, got a couple turnaway takeaways, so things are falling into place. And dare I say it, because I don't think this is a trap game. I'm going to put that out there now. 
But I think that Iowa State is probably the perfect opponent post Oklahoma because they know that they know that Iowa State's not really going to hurt them that much offensively. And if Texas, <laughs> Texas is in a close game, they just have a more weapons on offense, and they should find a way to pull it out. Yeah, it's interesting. The whole concept of trap game, you know, we've been talking about that forever just because every glimmer that Texas might be back to being the program that everybody wants around here, they've stubbed their toe. But you're right. It, I mean, you look at Alabama or Ohio State, isn't every game a trap game for those two? You know, you're expected to win. You're expected to win big. So Texas obviously has to get over that and, like, we got to show up, you know, they've always talked about, well, we, we play to a standard. Well, no, you haven't, you haven't played to a standard. You want to, you're trying to. And now for the first time, I think they are uh, this year. I mean, they look very good against West Virginia, excellent against a bad Oklahoma team. And we're not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, they've looked so good. I put them 18th in my poll said they're, they're 22nd, you know, I guess you're I'm showing more love than anybody. I really am. Yeah. I'm uh, very embarrassed to say, but uh, I mean, you know, joking aside, I mean, I believe in this team and I, and I wrote that before Lubbock and then they did stub their toe and, uh, but that was such a rivalry game and the, you know, just things spiraled kind of like they did last year, but you know, they might've struggled against West Virginia, this team a year ago after that Lubbock, but they don't, I don't think they doubt themselves. Ted. I think, they really do believe in this. Obviously, they want it. And they're and, and you mentioned that you wrote about the defense. They don't really have an All-American over there, do they? No. It's not like they got a Will Anderson. They've got a bunch of guys playing well. Love the secondary. Jaron Thompson, you know, probably two of the ones that have come the furthest. Jaron Thompson in that backfield and Jalen Ford at linebacker. He Absolutely. leads them in tackles. Got like no 58 question. tackles. No but and, and that defensive line, there's not one guy with nine sacks. So this whole collective team effort is getting it done. And it's been impressive. And sometimes it takes some no names to get it done. Sometimes it takes some guys that have been in the program for a while. It takes some a Snacks Colburn. It yeah. takes Moro Ojimo and Ovi Agofu. It takes guys like that, a Deshaun Jamison. Yeah. Uh, Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. Those guys have been around. So real. I mean, to Andre Sweat, you're right. You're right. They got experience. They're sick of losing, and they believe in themselves. And uh, I don't know. They still – sometimes they bend too much, I think, for your – my taste, and maybe not as aggressive as we like them to be. But, hey, the last couple of weeks, you can't really argue with the results. You can't. And so, you know, before we get to our guest, um, what happens this weekend? What happens on Saturday? Here's where I here's where I am, Doc. And I I believe in them too. I do. I think I think they're really good. Now yeah, I, I will say this: I'm reserving judgment until they take this act on the road. Road, not not a stadium that's half orange. Right. I mean, they go if they go to Stillwater, yeah, and it to a, a rapidly improved Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State, a really good team. The right. mother has it gone. If they go to Stillwater and win that game, then then I believe that they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. I believe that. But if they don't, then there's still going to be some questions. Still one and six in true road games in the, mm-hmm. over the last seven. 
We'll see. That is the big acid test. Yeah. I don't think this is the big acid test. I think they win uh, this game 34 to 13 over. Yeah, it feels like that kind of game. Mm-hmm. I think they win handily too. And and you're right. They do have to exercise those demons of not being able to win on the road where you're playing without your fans. And, you know, they're on this revenge tour that I write about for Friday. And it's very akin to the uh, Shock the Nation tour back in 90, 1990 when, you know, they came with you know, a lip of a national title before they got demolished by Miami. So, yeah. No one, and, remember, no one remembers 46-3, Doug. No one remembers it. Well, I think a few people remember it. So, especially David McWilliams and, so, and Brian Jones and some of those other people. So, no, I th- it'll be interesting. I think the crowd will be energized. Uh, I don't know if they'll fill it up like 105,000, you know, like for Alabama. But I think they'll be energized. I think they believe they want it so bad that uh, I, I think they uh, they come out in force. And I think they take it to Iowa State. I don't think they let an Iowa State team slip up on and they're finally getting more turnovers they only had two takeaways all year and then they got two picks uh, by the same two guys like you said on saturday against oklahoma so uh do you think oklahoma finishes last in the league no i think iowa state does yeah are they ninth in the league probably yeah i'll go because i'd uh, be ahead of west virginia dylan, maybe dylan, dylan gabriel is going to come back and they'll yeah, be yeah. better with Dylan Gabriel playing quarterback, and right. they'll, they'll. I think I think they can beat. Um, you know, if Dylan Gabriel plays on uh, this weekend, uh, I think they'll beat Kansas. I, I, I do. I, yeah. I just, well, they should because Jalen Daniels is probably out. Jalen Daniels is out, and um, so I I think that I think they can beat Kansas. I think they can beat West Virginia. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that Texas Tech game is. I'll have to look on the schedule. If that's yeah. a Norman, I would have them as a favorite in that one as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Iowa State is the most offensively compromised team in the league. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, ev- even without major injuries, I just think they they have too much too many problems scoring the ball. So I, right. I would put I would put the Texas I would put Texas definitely in top three, but Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, are going to finish at the bottom of this conference. I can't believe mm-hmm. I just said that, but I believe it, Doug. I do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're all kind of sleeping on Baylor and TCU a little bit. TCU has just been stunning. I mean, the job Sonny Dykes is, you know, they benched uh, Max Duggan to start the year. Now he's regained that position. And, and his swag. Sanders and tearing his it up. swag. Max Duggan is playing like a man possessed. He is. He is. So it's off to Sonny Dykes. And we're gonna get Sonny Dykes on this podcast. He's a character just like his dad. We're gonna we're gonna get the, we're gonna get him on. Hopefully before the week of the TCU game. Kirk Bowles has connections. He's working those angles. He's gonna deliver for on mm-hmm. second thought. On second thought. Doug, the Texas Longhorns aren't the only team on, on I thirty five that got after it this weekend. Resurgent. Texas State Bobcats take down App State 36-24. And when stuff like that happens, we have to go to the big dog. We got to find him, or in this case, case, the big cat. Jake Spavital, coach of the Bobcats, joins us. How you doing, coach? I'm doing good, man. It's good seeing you guys. How you guys been? Uh, We're awesome, man. You got to be on such a high. I mean, you played App State and you whooped them. I mean, 24 to nothing before they could turn around. I mean. 
<laughs> what happened, man? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah no, it was, um, you know, I'm telling you, it's been an up and down year, you know, like, yeah. uh, we've had, uh, you know, we, we played James Madison and, you know, in a hurricane and we played very <laughs> sloppy and lost a lot of guys and, you know, your confidence could go down, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, we've got a group of guys that are just trying to figure it out, you know, uh, I know what they're capable of doing. They know what they're capable of doing. And, you know, we just kind of went back to work and we had a lot of constructive talks. And this, for the first week, it was more player driven than it was coach driven, which is always nice. a good sign that your culture's good. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I was just proud of them. You know, they went out there and they said that they're going to play with an edge. And, you know, uh, if you consistently show up and, and keep doing the right thing, eventually the ball's going to bounce your way. And I'm telling you, the ball hasn't bounced our way in some of these kind of bizarre fashion games that we're part of. But, you know, it, it, we went out there and uh, we started fast. I'm telling you, like, now we did throw a pick on the first drive of, uh, right. you know, we drove it all the way down, threw a pick in the end zone, which, you know, I was sitting there going, all right, let's see how we respond because this is the yeah. complimentary side of things. And, you know, we got a turnover downs. We we ended up scoring right after that and being complimentary of, you know, uh, elevating our plays in those moments. And and from then on, you know, it, it went 24 nothing, and we just yeah. kind of chipped away. And when you got to the second half, you know, I, we never would have thought that App State would have completely changed, you know, to a two-minute offense. They threw it 53 times in the second half. And, That's a lot. And uh, which forced us to go into a, a kind of a four-minute mode. So, you know, we were more in the second half about, you know, clock management and trying to get them to burn timeouts. And, right. And, um, man, we, we, we made it work, you know. And uh, our kids were excited. The locker room was awesome just seeing those kids celebrate. Uh, you know, it was a great crowd. You know, we had the seventh largest crowd in school history. And wow. The largest. 25,000? 25. And, you know, this was the first game that I actually, you know, heard the crowd, you know, especially in like third down, the situational moments that App State was in. So, uh, you know, it, it's just part of the process of just, yeah. you know, staying the course and, and, and these kids showed up and played hard, man. But I enjoyed it for, I was actually just exhausted after the game, you know, and I went home, got, you know, a, a quick nap and you realize the Sunbelt's pretty tough league and we got a pretty, good quality opponent this weekend with Troy. So it, it was back to work, you know, so, uh, but overall, man, excited for the guys. And I think they're excited to see if we can actually go put another one together this weekend. Gotta ask. I mean, I, I was very good in geometry and, and, and I got, I gotta ask this question. Elephants in the room. And okay. uh, so if a is better than B and B is better than C, is A better than C? I know where you're going with this. I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, App State beat the Aggies. You beat App State. Bring on that former employee. Let's go. Let's go, Spavital. Get yeah, get you know, Jim on the phone. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's you know, like let's see if they can pay us those big dollars, you know, and then uh, yeah. well, then we'll agree. But you know, because we'll take any dollar that we can get right now. Just a little bus trip. Just a little bus trip on a nice luxury bus, the college station. Get a couple million, bring it back to the five one two. I like the sound of that. You can't tell. I I had no idea where you're going with that question, and I was like, oh, here we go. He doesn't be there. So y'all would beat A and M, is what he's saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to focus on Troy right now. That, that's where that's where we're at right now. <laughs> I got to ask you about this. Though. Yeah, you uh, App State scored forty one points in the fourth quarter against North, North Carolina. Carolina in that sixty three sixty one. Yeah, Mac Brown probably probably lost what's left of his hair in that game. Um, 
How how hard did you coach them late in that game to stay on the gas? That's an explosive offense at times, and uh, they did come back from twenty four down to make it kind of a contest. Yeah, no, that that was a concern, and I and we addressed that at halftime because you know they're capable of doing a shootout game, and then they're capable of doing the the ball control game like they did versus Texas A and M. Texas A and M only snapped the ball thirty eight times in that game, and. You know, North Carolina snapped it, I felt like, 150 times. Yeah. So, you know, it's just they know how to – they're a good team. It's a winning program, and they know what – they know how to yeah. kind of adapt to the circumstances. But, um, you know, like we, we had – we talked about it a lot in terms of with us. We're, we're about, you know, in the James Madison game, and a lot of games this year, like, you know, there's always three to five plays that dictate the outcome of a game in my mind that are kind of just like explosive kind of – and like I was using the word catastrophic because in the James <laughs> Madison game, if you we had four turnovers, uh, you know, and uh, and a safety that was a twenty six point swing off of those five plays. Yeah. All right, and I kept telling them that hey, just stay the course, focus one play at a time. You will get hit with things, uh, you know, handle the adversity, but have the focus. And and when those three to five plays, that opportunity may come. You never know when it's going to come. Step yeah. up and make that opportunity. And we had that pick six right at the beginning of the the second half, which truly changed the entire momentum of that of that second half. And and uh, at that point, I got to play the whole, all right, let's make it a three-possession game. You know, like we need to manage it here. And uh, that's the first time we've ever had to do that, you know, got that chance to do that at Texas State, you know, where we manage the game. Normally it was like, all right, hey, it's going to go down to last play of the game and just to go down to onside kicks, and we're, and we're used to that. So uh, just it was kind of pleased just how we can handle those, you know, situations. We didn't let that quality of, a, of, of an offense allow them to get back into the game. Well, let's talk about Lane Hatcher, your your quarterback. I mean, probably a lot of people don't know his background. He is an Arkansas kid, threw for a kajillion yards. <laughs> Went like what state four times, I think, in high school. Went to Alabama for a year, then uh, Arkansas State, and you land uh land him. Uh tell me how that transpired and what kind of quarterback is he, Jake? Yeah, you know, um uh, you know, I've gone up against him for a couple years, you know, and okay. And, uh, you know, I knew he was a tough kid. I knew he could throw the ball. And, and uh, you know, when the when he hit the transfer portal, you know, we were always looking to try to better our room. And, and um, you know, we just kind of started a dialogue from there. And you start to learn about him, man. And he's a very fascinating kid, like, in, in a family as well. You know, you start learning about the Pulaski Academy. And he threw for, I, don't, I think it was over 15,000 yards in his high school career. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, it's insane, you know. Yeah. And, uh you know, and then the thing that stood out to me, though, was uh, he's a four-time state champion wrestler. And that was where I was like, oh, all right, oh. I, I like this kid. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and he was really like he was committed to Oklahoma State to go wrestle. And that oh, shows yeah. you like what type of like wrestler he was when, you know, like I'm an Oklahoma guy. And, and uh, you know, to, to be able to wrestle at Oklahoma State is pretty prestigious, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this kid's tough, you know, and he's, he's one of the toughest kids, but it's also the work ethic. And, you know, and you're sitting here trying to change the narrative of a, of a program. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of lean on guys that have a work ethic that's just, it's just phenomenal. And, and uh, you know, just he's really changed it and, and earned the respect of his uh, teammates. He's a voted unanimous captain. And, and it, was, it was really because of his work ethic. He didn't, he didn't come in and step on anybody's toes because he's been a part of different universities. He understands how the locker room works and came in and, you know, just kept his head down. And he just kind of grinds through it. And, you know, like, just a minute ago, I'm looking out my window and he's doing a walkthrough by himself on the field. 
you know, that's, that's, that's what type of kid he is, you know? And, and, uh, and, and that's why I come out. I'm very excited about him uh, just because of what he brings to this, to this mm-hmm. university and it's much needed in our program. And, and uh, he's, he's slowly helped change it. And like, you know, we know all the intangibles, he can throw it around. He's a game manager and all that stuff. But I think the greatest story with him is that he is a four time state champion wrestler that could have wrestled at Oklahoma state. That is the, that is the capital of wrestling. Yeah. South. <laughs> the, hall of fame, the wrestling hall of fame is in Oklahoma. It's, it's right there now. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's pretty cool story. So you've got, you know, he's he's a great new face and a new leader on this team. You've gone the balls to the wall on this portal. Twenty nine transfers come in, and how is how difficult is that for you to navigate that? Because you're basically teaching your system uh, to new people every year because there's so much turnover. And um, is that more difficult for you than than just basically recruiting guys and bringing them in as freshmen? as opposed to experienced guys? No, you know, there's a lot of different thought behind this, you know, and, and we, we spend a lot of time in, in our recruiting meetings and and just trying to figure out what's best for Texas State. I've learned, you know, I, I sit on a lot of these committees, um, you know, during COVID, they put me on all of them, you know, and like, uh, and I was kind of upset at it at the time, you know, but then now you kind of look at, you know, the, the climate of college football is changing nonstop. Oh, yeah. and, and you get to sit there and kind of like listen to what, you know, maybe Sark's dealing with the Texas or, you know, uh, the Washington head coach or a, a division three head coach, you know, and, and you get to sit there and realize that everybody has different circumstances. Everybody has different issues and, and you have to handle it, you know, the way that you think is right for your, for your program. And, and when we first got here, you know, we like, we needed to upgrade in size and upgrade and I can experience. And I, and I thought we'd done that, but now, like, you know, with the one-time transfer rule, we were like, all right, because we were losing a lot of our high school kids to other schools. You know, we lost a couple starters last year to, to STC opponents and Big 12, uh, STC schools and Big 12 schools, which, you know, that's part of the other uh, the other issue, you know. So you got to replace this with experience, you know, especially like O-line and D-line. Those are guys that are very tough to get in a group of five Everybody level. Everybody wants those, yeah. And, and, and that's where you have to really take those guys because – what happens is, is if you develop a pretty good offensive lineman and like I've had a lot of, you know, guys on my offense line currently that have been hit up by a lot of schools, you know, to, you know, possibly, hey, you know, what, what's going on? You know, so you're sitting there going, all right, hey, I may sign four offense linemen next year. I may sign eight offense linemen next year. You know, and it, it's kind <laughs> of yeah. where you go with it, you know, and and um, uh, we've got a pretty good balance. You know, we, we have a lot of high school starters on our team. You know, and and then we kind of fill the void with uh, the transfer portal and the depth, and uh, and uh, that's kind of been a, a a hard part to navigate. But when you talk about just installing, uh, you know, the previous guys help a lot. You know, and and they bring these guys in and they kind of teach them how things go, and and uh, you know, and and it kind of is a smooth transition. You know, a lot of people talk about you know when I first. You know, when I was taking these transfers, everyone was like, you're not building a program. And so one and done type deal. And like that was not the deal. We were taking a lot of transfers with a lot of years. And those were our developmental guys because they couldn't transfer out. again. <laughs> you know, that was our whole deal. Years. Yeah, exactly. And what was hurting us was we were investing all of our time and resources and our money, which we don't have a lot, you know, into one kid to build them up into a really good player for him to leave us, you know, and. And, uh, you know, and, and good for the kid, you know, like this is how the rules are. And this is what, you know, the NCAA is allowing to do. And, 
and you've got to either adapt or you die, you know, and that's, uh, and that's how it is. And, and we took a lot of heat. Now everybody in the country's like in the portal and doing things, you know, but like, it's like, you know, when Sark came in, he had to take a lot of transfers because, yeah. you know, when you get a coaching change, like there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of people would get picked off and a lot of people leave. And, and then some guys don't fit, you know, the, probably the, the schemes and the system that Sark wants to put in and it happened, you see it happen all the time. And, uh, um, so we've, we've got a pretty good balance to that, but I'm telling you, I could go on for hours on this conversation, you know, because it's, uh, you know, the lineman it, thing It's the linemen. I mean, you know what the linemen mm-hmm. are now? They're like houses. We all get a call or a text or an email every day. Can you, are you ready to sell your house? I mean, and, and you have to listen. Everybody wants them. Everybody oh, wants linemen. I mean, they are, I mean, they, they're exactly. sacred cows of, of college football mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, it's hard for me to like for a six, seven, three hundred and twenty pound kid to walk in the door and start a college football yeah. at other places and say no to him, you know, yeah. like because they're not there's not many of those walking around, especially at Texas State. Well, do you do you have twenty nine transfer portal guys in, on your roster now, or is it even more than that? Uh, it, there's probably a good mix. There's probably a little bit more than that, you know, out of one hundred twenty that we got. You know, there's you know a lot of the things too. Like everyone, those numbers are always skewed. Like everyone will be like. Oh, you have all these, you know, these transfers. Well, a lot of them walked on because the other thing is, is the eligibility freeze as, you know, like, do you tell a current kid on your roster who's already graduated, do you tell him to move on and, and, and replace it? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're, you know, we've been full for a long, long time, you know, and then, and what happens is a lot of these kids don't know how to navigate the portal and, you know, they get in the portal and, and uh, then they don't have a place to go, so they end up, you know, coming back to back to Texas yeah. and, and, and state tuition, and you know, and, and then they get walking on, and eventually they work it out where they get a scholarship, and, and they do that. Yeah. But that's the hardest part is navigating the eighty-five scholarship members. You know, oh, and, yeah. you got to be a general manager, absolutely. Yeah, because like you know, normally like I'll take like you know five scholarship tight ends, and like I have eight right now because they've been on the team for the longest time. They've been here for three years, you know, and they've developed, <laughs> and you know, so it's like. So then where do those numbers like get subtracted, yeah. you know, and it's, it's always a math game and, and it's always about the needs of what currently is uh, at your, at your university. And we haven't talked about NIL. I don't know how many of your guys, <laughs> anybody driving a Lamborghini down there in San Marcos uh, or some of them got some NIL deals, Jake. <laughs> I wish, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, that Lambo is pretty sick. You know, that, uh, that Bijan's got, you know, but yeah. I saw his muster, a Bijan mustard sent too. That was a pretty good one as well. But he was uh so someone goes, Did you did you notice that after the after the game, they, they go, Did you did you see that the B John Mustardson they had it next to the Fletcher's corny dog? He goes, That's sick, that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius in my mind. I love it. I it love like, hearing those stories, you know, and yeah. and just where it goes. Good for the kids, man. You got to have some kids getting Whataburger NIL deals or something in San Marcos, don't you, Jay? Yeah, that's uh, that, those are kind of the deals that we get is like the local like eating establishments. You know, there's yeah. the one that I kind of help out. Um, you know, it, it's nothing crazy at, at I all. That, um, I want that Hayes County barbecue NIL. That's <laughs> that's what I want. That's that's pretty <laughs> solid. That that's is. Yeah. Make that happen. There's what? a pretty cool spots around here. You know that, and and I like it too. It's you know, like they're we're starting to get a little bit more exposure as a university and as a program, and nice. you know they're starting to get a, a couple more deals like that. But it's nothing major by any means. Let's talk about Troy a little bit. Aren't they four and two? And didn't they lose to App State? And yeah, they did. Played Ole Miss, and uh, 
I mean, the Sun Belt just killing it this year, as you know. I mean, you know, not just App State. I mean, South Alabama almost beats uh, UCLA. Marshall beats Notre Dame. We just go down the list, but it's a heck of a conference. Yeah, it's a hell of a conference. Yeah, it is. It's um, you know, it's it's tough, you know, and and uh, you know, you're playing a Troy team that I think is playing at a, a very high level right now. They lost to App on a Hail Mary. They controlled the game the entire. Oh game. yeah. And and man, it was just it had to be crazy. I heard that radio call. Those guys went nuts. They I went. Still nuts. didn't hear a word. I didn't hear a word. The guy said couldn't he understand was... what they were talking about. But I know I knew it was I, good for for App State because it was the App State broadcast. That's all yeah. I knew. That's all I knew. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, it's I, I've seen it because you know you're watching a lot, yeah. this, you know, because they uh, the crossover tape and I, the just the excitement of App State's crowd. But then just the, how deflated the Troy sideline was, like you could tell it just drained all the energy. You see like some like it looks like administrators as right when the ball gets tipped in the guy's hands, you just see him just turn around and just start walking off. And like, and I'm telling you, it's just it's such a bizarre play. And and like I, that's what I was talking with Sean Clark, the coach of App. I was like, at some point, you know, like I, I need those things type of place to happen. Yeah. You know, and and he was like, Yeah, it was it was a great deal for him. But you know, Troy's playing it playing really well right now they they played Ole Miss pretty tight uh, I think they got a really good defense um they're going to test you in team football because they're they're going to ball control and they're going to huddle and and they're going to keep everything in front and play sound and and uh be efficient and you know at the end of the day if you, if you have big you know if you have turnovers if you uh have big mistakes and and you don't take care of the football or have penalties uh you know they'll expose you so you know it's a homecoming game it'll be the sold out game and it'll be a pretty a pretty good environment and uh you know where our issue is, is we're owing three on the road and we're three and oh at home you know and uh that's been a challenge you know i guess like i know it's hard to win on the road but we, we got to find a way and uh our kids have had a good approach this week and you know uh, we're gonna go down there and we're gonna take our best shot at it because you know they're still halfway point of the season you're sitting three and three all of our goals are still ahead of us and you know we need to keep uh getting better and improving as the program and go out there and and like, go fight troy and you, you almost beat them last year you had a pick six in the fourth quarter Lose thirty one twenty eight. And why are you doing this to me right just, now, man? I, because we have to report. We 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 know these things, and we we. we just, I, I but but you know what? That's fuel. That is fuel for the for the six guys that were on the team last year. That's fuel. <laughs> oh, you're yeah, bad. That's pretty good. But you're bad. Yeah, no. That last year's game was. I'm telling you, they came out and we played hard and we, we got them with surprise on side and we flipped the mm-hmm. momentum and we were doing good. And then we throw a pick. We throw three picks in the fourth quarter that just oh, destroyed man. us. Right. And uh, man, that was the deflating game. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that taste is still in their mouths. You know, it's, uh, I think there, there, there's a lot of kind of those type of losses that have occurred over the years for us that, uh, they, they understand how this league is, and then you got to bring in every single play. You, you cannot like, let go of one play because we, we had the game in control in and, and the fourth, and you know, and then we just yeah. didn't play the way we should have. Do you have to do anything? Because, uh, you know, Sark has had trouble winning on the road, too. We all know how hard that is. Do you do, you do anything to try to mix it up or change any routine uh, at all? No, like, you know, what we've been doing is, uh, you know, you've watched the major league movies. So, like, you know, we're, we're about to get a Joe Boo doll and, you know, just kind of do like uh, any type of uh, kind of maybe uh, sacrifice. Like, get a, get a box of uh, Kentucky fried chicken or nope, something. No, nope. you got to get a real chicken. You got to get a real chicken. <laughs> they, they, you know, almost, it almost got to be. Yeah. You, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's uh, it's always unique, man. I get 
like you got to have energy and you got to play clean and you know and you got you can't lose your focus and and uh, you know it, this will be a chippy game so you can't have any of those unsportsmanlike penalties or any of that but right. yeah you know it's like uh, when I've asked I got asked this question earlier is just uh, you know your guess is as good as mine you know like we we always try to just focus on one play at a time but obviously we're not playing to the level we need to on the road so mm-hmm. you know we're going to try to change it up a little bit in terms of just kind of the energy and how we kind of warm up and everything just see what we can do there. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to ask you, and I, I'm like I said, I want to see the real chicken too, because uh, <laughs> you got to kill some headlines and recruits are going to notice that. So, uh, uh, but how, how much pressure you feel? How are you emotionally, Jake? Uh, you know, you haven't had the winning season yet. And I don't know how much pressure you're feeling from the administration right down the road, UTSA, you know, traders you know, tearing it up down there. Do you, are you feeling pressure? And I don't know, where, where do you see yourself? You know, I think uh, I think the game of football always has pressure, you know, and uh, and I think when there's pressure, that means there's expectations, you know. And uh, when I first got here, I, I didn't I didn't really feel pressure or anything, but I feel like that we've, we've recruited at a better level than what we've ever done here. And and we're starting to, you know, you know, beat, you know, have marquee games and beat teams like App State, which they've never done before. It's the first time we beat App State. And, you know, we're one in 10 versus Troy. We've never beat Louisiana Lafayette in our school's uh, history. You know, there's there's a lot of firsts, you know, that we can yeah. that we can do. But, you know, the, the pressure is always going to be there. And that that means that it means something to a lot of people. And uh, and, um, you know, I embraced it. You know, and uh, I, I love what we're doing here. I love this team. You know, we're starting to you're everybody's starting to see a glimpse of what we're capable of doing. And, and um, you know, it, it, it's just there's a lot of upside here at this uh, at this university and our program right now. And and, um, I, you know, I I say, like, you know, if you talk about the pressure, I, I really don't feel it. But, you know, again, I put more pressure on myself than anybody else. So it, uh, I just want to you know, I got a group of men that love the work. You know, like I was telling you, Lane Hatcher's out here walking and like walking through on his own. It means something to him. So that means I, it's got to mean something to me. And I, and I spend a lot of hours up here because if they want to be great, I got to be great with them. Yeah. Are you healthy? For the most part, you know, that James Madison game, we lost a lot, you know, and uh, I, not, nothing severe, just those yeah. high ankle sprains. Like we had like 10 of them in that game. You know? That's a lot, man. And uh, a lot. we had seven different old line units in that game. You know, and uh, and uh, and 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 we and we did well. It's just like yeah. what happened in that game is is our turnovers, and like you know, the game gets so out of control. It goes forty to thirteen, and you look up and you're like, "How did it get to that point?" Because we were right in that game. And if you look, those five plays was twenty six point swing. We lost by twenty seven points. Same with you the Baylor game. Uh, you're close that first half against Baylor. Like you said, yeah. you played here and there, turn it around. Yeah, couple of plays here and there and you know and that's and that's the approach that we've got to take and yeah and so you know we just keep chipping away on a daily basis well jake man it's always a pleasure always a pleasure keep 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 it going get a big win 2 30 p.m on saturday on the espn app texas state at troy we're going to be we're going to be watching because the the uh oh long orange will be done they'll They'll win 10-7 over Iowa State. That's going to be a mutter. So. <laughs> That's going to be a real mutter. Yeah, on a roll we, right we, now. <laughs> we want to see, if we want to see some offense, we're, we're tuning in to see there what's going go. on in Alabama. So, man, man, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I know you're busy, so we appreciate your time. And I appreciate you guys. It's always fun getting on there on here with you guys. And, you know, hopefully we can do this again soon. Well, good, good luck to you. We're looking forward to any sacrifices in the future, okay? Any human <laughs> sacrifice or animal, okay? All right, I'll let you know which one we're on to at that point. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right brother, you, take Jake. care. Hey, man, it's good to see you guys. Good luck to you. All right, bye. 
The duck always fun. Jake, Jake, Jake's been on here two or three times, and we always yeah. have some laughs. And I know it hasn't been easy for him down there. I mean, he's like twelve and thirty, and he's trying to trying to build something. But hopefully, the administration will give him a chance. Uh, it's a brave new world in college football, and yeah. it's just not as easy to build from the ground up as it used to be. No, and he keeps it real. I mean, you know, they they've had some success over there back the Jim Wacker, David Bailiff days. You know, but they're still looking for that first bowl game, kind of get over the hump. And, you know, I taught school there 13 years. You know, you're teaching at Texas, and, you know, my wife graduated from there. So it's a beautiful little campus. And, you know, I don't know how many – they may have 40, 45,000 already. You know, it's – it's. I think it's – it's either the fourth or fifth largest enrollment in the, in the state of Texas. So it's got to hurt when UTSA is just rolling, you know, win 12 games last year and – you know, and putting off to a good start this year. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. He's a good guy. I hope he, hope he gets it turned around. And, you know, Troy won't be an easy, easy test at all. Well, dog, it's just, just doing another great podcast. Uh, I want to give a, a special shout out. Um, so we, I was at, we, I was walking into the Cotton Bowl on Saturday and, um, yeah. I see my friend Bob Ballou, uh, who's, who's a friend of the podcast and he, um, you know, the director of sports director of CBS Austin, great guy, great broadcaster. Yeah, we love him. Um, good, good commentary on Sunday nights. Um, and so he had this, this, this older woman with him. And I was like, um, he goes, you know, my mom, don't you? And I go, no, I've never met your mom. And he goes, mom, this is Cedric Golden. And she goes, Oh my God. She gives me this big hug. And she says, I've, I listen to every podcast. I love on second thought. About that. So, Mrs. Baloo, thank yeah. you for listening. We appreciate you so much. What a what what a great uh, thing to happen uh, before that game. And and we know there are a lot of people out there that we don't get to see all the time. But Duck, how many times have we been approached after a game and people say we love the podcast? It's why oh, we yeah. do it. It's what number we, are we on? What number is this? This, this is two seventy six. We're twenty four away from three hundred. If we could stand it. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe next podcast we get uh, Mrs. Blue instead of Bob, maybe. <laughs> She's definitely better looking, I can tell you that. I can sure assure <laughs> you of that. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, that'll do it for this week. Thanks to Coach Jake Spavital. Good luck against Texas State. That'll do it. And for the Duck, Kirk Bowles, I'm said Golden. Uh-oh, I'm out. I'm out. What? You said good luck against Texas State. Good luck to Texas State against Troy. How about that? There you uh, go. Yeah, I didn't want didn't want to mess that up. Good luck to Texas State against the Troy Trojans. How about that? So for the Doug Kirk Bowls, I'm Sad Golden. We'll see you next time. On second thought. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.